0: I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to a Faith Friday. What is going on, everybody? This is the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. And as you just heard, this is another Faith Friday episode. This is episode number two in the Faith Friday series, and I'm super excited about it. We are in the book of Philippians. Uh, If you did not listen to the first episode of Faith Fridays, go back and listen to that. Uh, That was last Friday, and what we do here is I take a book of the Bible, and we're just going to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We're going to break it down and uh, just kind of study it a little bit. The reason that I feel led to do this is because there's a lot of people that either don't have time to read their Bible or choose not to. And so I'm trying to make this podcast at least once a week where it has an opportunity for you guys while you're just on the mower, instead of listening to a Bible app or a Bible on CD or whatever, I don't know, I grew up with CDs, uh, but you know what I mean, Uh, just listening to someone read the Bible all the way through, this kind of breaks it up a little bit gives you a little bit of study, a little bit of perspective on, on what's been read. So what I do is I read a chapter all the way through, then we go back and hit it verse by verse. So if that sounds interesting to you, stick around. Um, Last week, I got a lot of really good feedback on the episode from last week. So um, I hope you guys stick around and, and at least listen. Um, There is nothing more powerful in my opinion other than God Himself, uh, then reading the Word of God and uh, and just learning from Him because it's His it's His Word. He doesn't really speak audibly anymore. Um, at least that's my belief. Other people have other beliefs, but that is my belief. Uh, he gave us His Word. Uh, that's why we call it His Word because it's His Word to us. So. Uh, Not going to go down that rabbit hole anymore, but uh, yeah, I am excited to jump into this and and get going. So we're in Philippians chapter 2. Now, I want to reiterate, just like I said last episode, I am not a Bible scholar. I'm not a Bible teacher. I just like reading the Word of God and uh, studying it. And so I'm just going to do my best to go over it. As I said last week, and will continue to say, don't take my word for anything that I say on this podcast as truth. Do your own homework, read it for yourself, study it for yourself, and come up with your own conclusions. All right, so I'm going to start here. Philippians, again, was written by Paul. So, again, if you didn't hear the opening of the book, uh, go back. Listen to last week's episode, and you can get all that. All right? So here we go. Philippians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles and you're sitting at home, grab your Bible, read along. If you're on your mower, just uh, listen in. All right? Verse 1. And I'm not going to say the verses as we go along here. uh, But when we go back through, I will say the verses again. All right? (sighs) All right. Being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore my dear friends as you have always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you and will and I'm sorry for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purposes Do everything without complaint or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, who without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like the stars in the universe, as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ, that I did not run or labor for nothing, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, on the sacrifice and serve and service come I'm sorry guys, but even if I am poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered When I receive news about you, I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you you heard he is ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give give me and that ends chapter two all right so let's go back to the beginning verse one and again if you have your bibles just let's do this together Um, in my church this is how we do sunday school We just take a book of the Bible, we read through it. Most of the time we do like a section. If there's, you know, in a Bible there's like headings, like there's a part here that says shining as stars and things like that. So we'll read those, but we try to make sure that we read it in context. Um, That's the whole purpose of reading the entire chapter is to get the context of what's being said. Um, You do not want to take the Bible out of context. Because when you do that, you can basically make it say whatever you want. So, let's go back to verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose." That's verse one and verse two. Now, what Paul is talking about here, he's actually addressing two people. Um, there was a couple of ladies. Let me see here. I got to get my commentary that way. I don't have to thumb back through. Um, Paul is addressing Eudia and S- I don't know how to spell to pronounce that name, but Syntyche. Is what I want to say. Some weird names, guys. But uh they were arguing, they were having an issue. Uh, you know, women never have issues, right? They never have uh, you know, complaints with each other or anything like that. That never happens. Yeah, right. So um, that's who Paul is addressing here in this particular church. Um, so let's uh let's read on. Do nothing. Out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. We have a hard time doing that. I have a hard time doing that. Um, And as a husband, I have a hard time doing that. Uh, My wife, you know, she's a great person. And uh, sometimes I want to do things that I want to do and I want to do them the way I want to do them. And I don't care what she thinks. And. It's just, uh, I do it out of selfish ambition, you know, and I, I want to do it for myself. So, um, we got to keep that in mind as we live out each day, as we work with our clients. Uh, it, you know, if you're in the lawn care industry, this is a lawn care podcast. I just, I know I just happen to do a faith Friday episode, uh, once a week, but, um, we have to do this with clients too. You know, we can't have a totally selfish ambition when we go to serve a client. We are supposed to be serving our clients, and uh, so I, I find it if someone asks too much, if I feel they're asking too much, then I kind of get upset, you know, um, because it's it's taking my time. But what this is saying here is, don't do things out of out of vainness or conceit. You know, don't do it because you want to do it or because it will just benefit you. Do it because you care for the other person and you want to benefit them as well. Verse four, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. I mean, again, that just goes along with with verse 3 there. But um, as business owners, uh, if you're a business owner, you might just be tuning in just for the Faith Friday episode, and that's fine. But this is a lawn care podcast, and it's focused more on business than anything else. So um, when we work with our clients, you know, you have to look out for their interest as well as your own. Don't just look out for your own. Don't just, you know, say, well, I'm only going to do it if I get paid. I've had several clients in the past that have come down sick or they fell on financial hard times. And I didn't just say, well, I'm going to stop service to that client because they can't pay me right now. Uh, I did that for several people during COVID. They had been laid off. They couldn't, you know, really justify paying me right then. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep keep working and, um, you know, pay me when you can. And I think that is a really good way to deal with people, at least when they're going through hard times. The hard part is when you find somebody and they they don't want to pay you what you're owed, that's tough, and Paul's not talking about that situation here, but, um, but keep, it, keep in mind your client's issues or interests as well as your own because you, you have to make money as a business owner, but you also really need to serve the client well. Verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now that is a tall order. Um, if you have read through any of the Gospels, you know that Christ's attitude was very different from most other people. Um, that's a very tall order, big shoes to fill there. Uh, but then Paul goes on to quote, I, I think it's a quotation, I, I believe it is. I think it's from, uh, gosh, I don't even know where this is from, but it. Usually in my Bible, I have a study Bible, and it's an NIV. And when it when it lays out the wording like this, in this order, it doesn't have quotation marks. So I guess it's not a quotation, but um, it sure seems like it to me. It, normally, that's what my Bible does. But anyway, let's move on to verse 6. Who being in very nature God. So let's go back to verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant. Wow. Um, man, can you, I, can you just imagine being God having all The equality with God and yet humbling yourself to be the lowest of servants that's that just that's wild to me, it's just so crazy. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of. Of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus looked like us. The Bible says that he was not particularly handsome, like we see in movies and things like that, or pictures. Jesus wasn't something to look at, he was just a normal guy. You know, I I take hope in that because I'm just a normal looking guy. But, uh, you know, that's what the Bible says let's move on to verse eight and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The reason Paul adds even death on a cross is because death on a cross was the worst imaginable death. You could, anyone has ever conceived in the history of man. It is an awful way to die. I mean, You get flogged. Then you carry your cross after you've been flogged to the place where they're going to put the cross up. Then they nail your hands and feet to the cross. They lift you up. You are basically hanging there by your arms, your shoulders, because your arms are outstretched. Eventually... Your muscles are going to give out. Your weight is going to fall. Your arms will come. Your arms will come out of socket, and you basically suffocate to death. You don't. It's a very slow, painful death. Um, that's why Paul adds that in here, like he does, because death is one thing, but death on a cross is a whole another thing. Um, and then when they're all done. They stab you with a sword to make sure that you're dead. <laughs> I mean, or or in, or in most cases, they actually break your legs so that you can't push yourself up to breathe. Cause that's how they would do it. If you've seen pictures of, let's say, the crucifixion, um, the legs of Jesus are bent. The reason the legs are bent is so that they can push up and breathe. Because when you're when you're outstretched like that and you allow your body weight to fall, um, your lung capacity is restricted and you basically are suffocating. So you push yourself up so you can grab a breath and then you lower yourself back down. So people usually did not die because of wounds on a cross. They died because of suffocation. So if you didn't know that, little lesson there. All right, verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Wow. So because Jesus chose to come to earth and humble himself as a servant, even die on a cross, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. And the Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of the father. There, there is unity between God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. They are all equally God, but apparently there is higher places in heaven than just being one of the Godhead, you know, that's really interesting to me. Um, and then it goes on to say, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That means the dead. So every single person that has ever lived and ever will live, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, every single person on this earth is going to realize that Jesus Christ is actually Lord. That means Hitler. That means Stalin. That means Joe Rogan. That means Penn Jillette. That means everyone. Your grandmother's 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 grandmother will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, dead or alive. Wow, that was verse 11. Let's keep going here. Sorry, I'm kind of getting wrapped up just in the, the word picture that Paul um, Paul sets forth there. It's, it's just awesome. Gets me all in my feels. All right, this section is called Shining as Stars, verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is, verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So what Paul is saying is here, sorry, that didn't come out right. What Paul is saying here is um, to continue to obey. Always obey. Because these two people are having a conflict and he's trying to to encourage them to work out their salvation, to not give that up in this argument. Um, to work out their f- salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Let's see, that's verse 13. Let me go to my trusty commentary here. I use the Believer's Bible Commentary by, uh, who is it? William McDonald. All right, so 2.13. Where are we at here? Okay, now Paul, this is, uh, I guess, William McDonald here. Now, Paul reminds them that it is possible for them to work out their salvation because it is God who works in them both to will and to do his good pleasure. This means that it is God who puts within us the wish or desire to do his will in the first place. Then he, Jesus, also works in us the power to carry out the desire. Hmm. That's, that's really good. Let's keep going. Verse, uh, let's see. Verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like the stars in the universe. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Wow. Good luck for me, man. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I catch myself complaining way too often. I'm sure a lot of us do. But do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fall, or I'm sorry, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like the stars in the universe what i think paul is saying here is that that's kind of like a light that's going to shine to everyone else that we're not we're not walking around complaining when someone asks us to do something and we're not arguing with with people to when they ask us to do something and that is going to help us look at least blameless and pure like children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like the stars in the universe 16 as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. So Paul wants to be able to boast to Christ that the Philippians were pure children of God. He wants to be able to boast in that. Uh, if you haven't noticed, Paul can be a pretty proud person. Um, <laughs> he, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a little bit of pride there, I think, uh, as he should for, for some of these churches and, and the work that he's done. But uh, some, sometimes I think Paul's pride can border on sinfulness a little bit. Uh, Paul was not perfect. He was a human just like us. He wasn't Jesus. So uh, he, can, he can get in the prouds a little bit. Uh, let's go on. Verse 17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Verse 18, so that you too should be glad and rejoice with me. What Paul is saying there is a drink offering is something that is poured over the sacrifice. So it, he's being, when Paul says that he's being, even if he's being poured out like a drink sacrifice or drink offering, um, he's referring to his suffering because Paul's in prison while he's writing this book. If you, Um, you can go back to the last episode and you can find out the, the whole beginning story behind the book of Philippians. Um, but Paul is in prison right now as he is writing this. And so he's been through a lot. Paul has been through a lot and is going to go through a lot. And, um, so he, he refers to his suffering as being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice, um, Verse eighteen, so that you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So Paul is still—he's—we—I said this last last week as well—that Paul is still rejoicing in his suffering. All right, so uh, let's go on to verse nineteen. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. So Paul. Uh, usually works with Timothy, um, and he has other people around him as well that aren't in prison. And so, he will generally send these people out to different churches, and that's what he's done with Timothy. He wants to send Timothy to them so that Timothy can bring back news about the Philippians. All right, uh, verse 20 I have no one else like him, uh, that's Timothy, who takes a genuine interest. In your welfare. Twenty-one. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So, I mean, we see that all the time. I, I know I do. Uh, even even people that are in Jesus Christ can tend to look out for their own interests, but Paul is saying, uh, not those of Jesus Christ. And I, I really wish that I could say that that's true, but um, maybe Paul is saying here those people may not be of the faith. If that's the case, now I'm just that's me speaking. That's not the word. That's you know, but but Paul says not those of Jesus Christ. They're willing to 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 look out for others' interests. Verse twenty-two. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. So Paul and Timothy have worked very closely um, planting these churches, and that's what Paul is referring to. Verse 23, I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, referring to himself being in prison. 24, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. So Paul is still confident. We went over this. Uh, Paul refers to this in chapter 1, that he is confident that God will release him from prison. Excuse me. Verse 25, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. What a name. My brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. So the Philippians actually sent Epaphroditus to Paul, uh, wherever he is, while he's in prison, um, to care for his needs. Um, They sent Epaphroditus as a messenger. Uh, I'm sure carrying the message of these two people that are arguing, these two women that are arguing in the church, that don't seem to be able to get past it. Verse 26, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. So obviously he was sick. 27, indeed he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not, not only on him, but also on me. To spare me sorrow upon sorrow. What Paul is saying there is that it would be a sorrow for Epaphroditus to leave and it would be even more uh, and that he's in prison and that Epaphroditus would then die. That would be sorrow upon sorrow. 28. Therefore I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So Paul wants to send him back uh, because Epaphroditus wants to go back and he wants to hear from the, from the Philippians, sorry, again. And so uh, he's anxious to, to send them back, but he also wants less anxiety uh, because of that. So verse 29, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him. Verse 30, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. The, the church needs more men, like Epaphroditus, willing to give his life for the work of Christ. Because Epaphroditus had heard that Paul was in prison for the sake of the gospel. And the Philippians had heard that, and he went anyway. And that's a dangerous place to be, because if he's sharing the gospel as well, wherever he goes, he could also be placed into prison, so that's a that's a big step for him. And that concludes chapter two of Philippians. Um, this this book really, I mean, just Paul's description there of of imitating Christ's humility. Man, that that just kind of really got to me and hit home. Um, and I have it underlined and things like that. But reading again, reading it again, just it, you know, it hit it hit home, and uh, it. That's just it's it's a really cool passage. So, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, this was a little bit slower of a, of a um, faith Friday. Uh, I didn't have too much to say on this one because. Gosh, Paul pretty much said it. It was pretty succinct there, which is not normal for Paul. Paul usually is can be uh, very hard to discern, but I think this one was pretty easy to discern what Paul was saying. So, guys, that's it for Faith Friday. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it, and I hope you're enjoying these. If you are, shoot me a instant message on Facebook. Um, let me know that you're enjoying the Faith Fridays. Um, you can also email me at lansinglawnservice at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on this chapter. Um, let me know what, what spoke to you or stuck out to you in this chapter. Um, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, you can leave us a star rating on Spotify if you would like, but I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to know if you enjoy the faith Fridays. I heard from several people last week that they really enjoyed the faith friday podcast it was just something out of the ordinary which was really refreshing so i'm going to keep doing them at least through the book of philippians and we'll see uh what the analytics are like for that and maybe we'll go on to another book and uh and go through that so thanks again guys for for listening i really do appreciate it and i will see you next friday for faith friday